Hello, and welcome to another horrific review. Um, I started getting a wee bit of a raspy throat this morning, so <laughs> forgive me. It's not as bad as it was, but if this sounds awful, more awful than usual, I do apologise. I'm just trying to work through it. So, here we go. Uh, this is a movie I have watched um, quite a few times over the years. I think it's the first horror movie the proper disturb me as a young woman watched it and it still has that bit of i'm gonna sneeze <laughs> oh excuse me flip's sake this is gomel go <laughs> oh excuse me two sneezes in flip and love live streaming not be added now right? um ah uh, i hope i'm not getting sick i can't be bothered being sick honestly um you only feel that wee bit of a tinge around the head and flipping throat starting to go i'm like ah no it's just schizophrenic weather we're having. Um, it's supposed to be coming in the summer, and it's like, nah, not happening. So I'm on the fluids and the ibuprofen, and I'll be down in some paracetamol before bedtime. So anyway, where were we? Yeah. This, because you know that's one of the questions you get. Uh, what horror movie scared you the most, or what, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think this movie is the one that this not so much scared me, like I wasn't jumping, but that made me go, Ugh, as a kid. And even watching it now, yes, it's, was it 1984 it was done? Or 1980, I think it was 1980, actually. 1980, yeah, bang on 1980, so there we go. Still has that 70s cheese about it, and just get into the the golden age of horror. I think most of us agree the 80s were the golden age. Um, but yeah, this uh, still holds up. Apart from the music, I didn't realise how bad the music was in this. That's the only thing that takes you out of the movie after all this time, is the flip of music. If it a more sinister, like it's very boomy, um, how do you describe it? Yeah, very boomy in your face sort of music throughout this. <clears throat> if they toned that down a bit, oh, you you have a like an all time classic here. So the premise is quite simple. It's I guess movie's been around for donkeys. Um, we we'll start off. We're on a cruise ship. We we'll have um, let's go around the Caribbean. We have Captain Ashland. <clears throat> Weird one. He's bitter because it's his last voyage as captain. He's going to retire. Uh, turns out the company's letting him go. But he hates being captain of the ship. Because he hates going to the captain's table. He hates mingling with guests. Like, what are you doing it for, man? Um, we, we don't get to, you know what I mean? This is, it's a horror movie. We're not going to get like full backstories. Um... Don't know why I was in the Navy or what beforehand, but if you feel that strongly about pleasure cruises, go and flip them. If you can pile the boat, you can pile the boat. Or a ship, you know, um, you can do anything. So go captain a tugboat, a fishing vessel. Go captain a trawler. You know, if you feel that strongly about not mixing with the, the passengers or having to do all the uh, what do you call it? No, the captain, the, the sort of. Oh my god, the words escape me. 
all the rituals that go along with being on a pleasure cruise, you know, the the thing for a family on a cruise is to be invited to the captain's table. It's seen as high honor or something to talk about, you know, that sort of societal, those that are interested in that sort of thing. And that's totally, like, I'd never do it because I have no interest in that sort of stuff. So I wouldn't put myself in that position. I have jumped many jobs because of the environment that I'm like, I'm not spending 10 years doing this crap with these people that I can't stand. I'd sooner be happy, earn a bit less money, but come home with a clear head and focus my energy on stuff like this, which I actually enjoy doing, rather than just pounding myself away for a few quid here and there with people I can't stand that you have to socialize with outside of work as in work and that has to be your whole contact. I, I couldn't do it. So <clears throat> the Captain Ashland character, and I didn't realize this is only um, like I've watched this movie, like I said, quite a few times. This character, I didn't realize how bitter and twisted he was, um, which probably explains why what happens later happens. But you're like, why would you, why would you do that? But, We'll see that in society, don't we? We'll see people who they want the title. You see it in politics. Um, people don't want to do something. They want to be something. And they want these wonderful titles. And they want the little circle of sycophants around them. You know what I mean? This is old hat. I've talked about this hundreds of times. But they want that. And at the end of the day, they're not happy. Now, the more they try to, oh, look at me, life is wonderful, they actually tell that they're miserable. And I just don't see that being a fulfilling life. Maybe I'm lucky because I don't need the latest I thing or S thing, the same rectangle as, you know, get the next latest rectangle that has a letter you don't even see on it. It's in it. So... You can't tell this rectangle. Like, nobody can look at this and go, oh, that's a blah, blah, blah rectangle, as opposed to the, the latest rectangle I have, and vice versa. You know, what's the point in getting the latest fashion if you're going to go to bars and clubs where you don't enjoy yourself and you're around people you don't like? So what's the point in spending your life training, uh, busy as a nautical engineer, as a pilot, to then do something that you absolutely loathe. You could try it for a season and go like, nah, not for me. I just want to pilot a boat. We'll go and pilot a tank. We'll go pilot a long-haul tanker traveling around the world. If all you want to do is be in the deck, piloting the ship, and you don't want to worry about passengers, flipping, take a bunch of ISO containers. In fact, going up the Suez Canal, carrying billions, you know, billion pounds, whatever currency you choose, worth of goods, high-value stuff, stuff um, can be just as fulfilling if all you want to do is actually focus on piloting the craft and the, the nautical skills. So in that respect, this character makes no sense. Um, oh, uh, we've got chat. <clears throat> You're... You're closer to the mark than what you think, Chris. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Um, think of this if you've seen it. Um, this is like a 1980s version of Event Horizon, but it's on a a ship. 
but we have um so this is all happening you've got um uh parties of full swing he's better and uh what commander sorry next one down from captain commander marshall as his replacement so he's going to take the captain seat once he goes and he's so better towards him but he hits where he is it's like dude you're making no sense whatsoever this is all going on and then we're we jump over to the ghost ship and they're all speaking you know you don't see anybody but you hear all the thinking over the tannoy um and i looked it up i don't speak german <clears throat> but it's like enemy ahead you know and it's saying that doing all the signals and stuff and you see the peasants and things turn towards it now probably because of the budget of this movie because i think wrecking ships would cost quite a bit um it's all done with cutscenes, you know, this ship, that ship, you don't see what happens, but effectively it rams, you know, rams the cruise liner and disappears, but um, that's it. it cutscenes cut scenes to a group of people on a bit of driftwood and we'll have a bunch of survivors. They then just come up upon the ship itself. Now, what I have to say is that's ship uh the ship the ship's a character i mean the ship is the character and that's the the main uh antagonist i don't know where they found the ship for this movie but bloody hell it's brilliant like it is what you would expect a ghost ship to be rusted it's painted black it's dark looking it's grimy it's dirty um the only thing i couldn't get my head around with the cobwebs everywhere Maybe it's just me being a bit naive, but I wouldn't imagine um, the middle of the ocean being a conducive area for spiders because they'd run out of food. You know, I mean, they'd run out of food eventually. So I don't get that bit of it. So they'd left out the cobwebs because they went overboard. It's like the Halloween store, cobwebs everywhere. If it maybe dialed down a bit in that, it's a proper eerie ship. And right off the top, they start, you know, you see windows opening, portholes opening and closing, watching them, and you're getting this sense that somebody's watching them. And then, uh, uh, was it not the gangplank, the, the la- uh, ladders anyway, the walkway gets lowered and then we start uh, they're trying to get on trying to survive and it starts picking off people one by one the first guy not even onto the ship um gets hoofed over the side and then the ship starts and takes off yeah it's uh it does really well with the whole eeriness of it but don't overham it but they let you know straight away that these people are in danger, if that makes sense. And it's not, there's, it's a malevolent force uh, is on board with them. Or, and it doesn't hide the fact that we know this is the ship that caused it. And it's just anchored out in the middle of the ocean, like not suspicious at all. No markings on it or anything. Um, but yeah, then we get the people to go on board and start exploring 
and I didn't get the list of all he gets. It's not quite a slasher, but it's that sort of format. You know, people people start getting picked off, and they discover more and more about the ship. And then we have Captain Arslan. He obviously one of the survivors that actually pulled him aboard the raft. He was caught drowning. You know, he's flying in the water and they pulled him on board. Um, he's effectively put it straight in the bed rest. And then you hear the whispering, you know, in his ear and that. And it sort of tells about his character, why he would be the susceptible one, because he's a miserable person. He's unhappy. He's no direction. He's feeling kicked to the side. You know, he's that bitterness, resentment all built up, just ready to be exploited. So kind of makes sense. Uh... There's two child actors in this, the commander's kids, and for child actors, they were pretty decent. I wonder when child actors became so awful. Because there's been a few movies now uh, with child actors in them, you know, older ones, I think. I'll use Poltergeist as a great example, where the child actors are actually pretty decent, and they do the job, and they act like children. Where did all these insufferable arseholes come from of today's age? Child actor now in a movie, apart from uh, Black Phone, uh, Fear Street, I think was good. There's one more. Yeah, there's one more. I can't remember, but I mean, I'm 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 struggling to pick a handful of movies out of the top of my head in the last what ten, twenty years. They have good child actors. Um, so somewhere along the line, that that side of things got lost, which is weird. But yeah, these two are great. Um, uh, Robin and Ben Marshall. Uh, they they play off each other. They act like kids. The embrace, you know, the the terror around them. And they're protected as well because obviously the adults, their parents are not protecting, don't show them, you know, hide them back from certain things. So that's cool. You see a family unit, you know, going about their business and working together as a team. And between these other characters as well, because everyone just, oh, we're in a situation, we've got to work together. Uh, it's actually refreshing to see, I think, with us that you don't have the snarkiness. Do you know why? in modern movies that you can't have a group of people together without them instantly falling apart the minute something goes wrong. It's like people aren't allowed to be stoic or strong or understand that they need to work together to get out of a situation. This uh, modern, you know, everybody has to be at each other's throats and everyone has to divide into little sections and can't just be a group of people in a shared experience. Um, it's quite depressing, to be honest. But I think that's the point of it. That's the the sort of mindset of the individuals have created. These movies are obviously created in a different era of time, which I appreciate more because it's... That's kind of the point of horror. Horror is to show the positives, the resolution, you know, the resolute characteristics of people in the face of terror or danger or annihilation. That's kind of the whole point, is you look into the abyss... The abyss stares back at you and you don't blink. 
and that's we get a bit of that here it's not overplayed that's the thing it's um people get frightened people uh get hurt but it's all about it's the external force against these folks as they bond together you know and try and get through this and it just makes a you know it just reminds me why we don't like modern movies because they're and it's not just uh oh we hate this because you know yourself when you watch a lot of modern movies you're left with a sour taste in your mouth you don't feel good you don't embrace the terror you actually feel a bit worse about yourself because of the way the the languages and the way people behave it's all 100 percent negative but horror uses the extremes that's that's kind of the point of this type of storytelling it uses the extremes of danger and terrible things to shine a light on the best qualities of humanity and then the idea is you think well could i step up the market face flat you know it's meant to make you sort of ponder god what if that happened to me could i hold it together as well would i fall apart you know when you're actually faced with abject terror would i fall apart would i would it be understandable if it fell apart would i be allowed to like scream or cry or be disgusted or something show emotion and yeah the answer is yes if you're faced with something absolutely terrible you're absolutely 100 allowed not to be like oh this is fantastic you know love this it's kind of not the point uh the whole point of the horror genre in different all oh, its different format is a strength through adversity you know to come against this sort of thing find a way out and by coming together you know it's a hero's journey in just an extreme format the better told stories anyway but we'll start um <clears throat> the two main characters are obviously trevor marshall the commander and uh who is it uh the other officer who's part of it? is it nick or yeah i think it's nick's the other guy he's he's the younger no i think he's a lieutenant you know younger officer so these two guys obviously because first of all they're their crew so they have a duty of responsibility you know duty of courage remember that stuff so it's not like oh i'm the big tough guy i'm gonna take a lead it's like well kind of responsible for these people where the passengers are under our charge um Travers like I'm looking after my family you know but I'm not going to be a twat and ignore everybody else you know if we all get through this the better so these two go about and because obviously let's say they're they're naval officers you know even though civilian naval officers but they're they're naval officers so of course they're going to try and figure out what's going on with the ship can this pilot it where's its course set for can they go and reach help you know use the radio so there's nothing here like outlandish it's just what would happen if x number of people ended up in this survival situation with and they've already had a tragedy before the begin like just getting on this not just the the cruise liner thing because they don't know what happened obviously it was the middle of the night um so they've had that trauma they've then had the trauma one of their crew uh their group perishing before they even get on the ship and now they're starting to realize that there's something not right they're they're not in a good place and it's a nice slow burner that's the thing there's the 
the horror aspect of this and people do get picked off and i don't want to if you haven't seen this i know it's an old movie but uh i don't want to spoil that aspect of it you know people get picked off that's the nature because it wouldn't be much of a story otherwise horror story but as it happens it's poignant if that makes sense it's not just oh here's 15 people clink 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 okay here's there's you know the final group um each time something happens it's you know meaningful hold up um do try to put myself the choose the people these type of movies so i end up concluding that would be die from a heart attack in 15 seconds of every time <laughs> do you know what that's fair enough mate that is fair enough it's a, that's one thing about horror it shines a, uh, a mirror and you take a look at yourself and you go well what can i handle and there's no point putting bluff and bravado if you know what you if you know that you're not going to manage it then that's why you go to the back or you you're the one that um goes for help or uh just he's away don't doesn't go into the cellar <laughs> you know that type of stuff um well what's next yeah so start to they get to the the ops room and stuff the chart room and they're seeing it and then they start to twig on uh this is a nazi ship so finally get to see the regalia and then the the signs obviously being in german being a bit of an indicator and as a delve deeper and the thing because obviously part of the party goes to find the bunks and get see if there's food and what can they do to at least get set up for the duration which is uh sensible and uh there's a good wee scene with the wee guy ben um he's turning the tap on the the galley and the the green water comes out and he's about to start drinking and she uh said margaret uh not the mother but uh one of the other ladies was took him with her and that's what i mean about the bonding i mean the the see the family and the two kids that just take the kids under their wing and um you don't see that anymore in movies everyone's tearing each other apart where at least that's a straight away there's like a, a family bond of sorts because everyone's in the same situation so um that's what i'm saying about the positive aspect of humanity and that's where horror does it really well but she's like oh no don't, not until you boil it not until we boil it first you know just that cleverness and thinking and practicality rather than the usual you know that's what i'm saying it, you could think it's a slasher but it's not because it's not your typical format yeah and now the other interesting thing about this is obviously the degradation of uh captain ashland he he's in a fever and then when he wakes up he's completely possessed by the ship and that's you know he becomes a problem as well as the ship itself being a problem and it just you know escalates from there and then they discover like i said it's a it's a nazi ship and we, we couldn't quite figure out and I mean, this is from the point of view from the characters as well. So it's not all laid down. They're, they can't figure out, was it a research ship or was it an interrogation ship? You know, it's not um, not 100% clear. But the things that go into the medical bay and it's uh, 
it's like uh I should you know you pull up in the drawers all full of people's watches and it's you know the one of them bedpan things filled with gold teeth and so it makes you think that it might have been some sort of holding ship you know naval battles it was like a prisoner escort ship or something but you know Nazis being the Nazis couldn't uh you know, couldn't just treat people. In fact, was it the Second World War? Why the Geneva Convention come into place? I believe it was. <clears throat> um, I need to look that up. When did the actually? I'm going to do it now. Get them on. Geneva Convention for treaty. Um, Oh, right. So they started from 1864. All right. So there's been conventions. Yeah. And then after 1949, there was additional protocols. I knew the Second World War featured a lot with the Geneva Conventions. Like there's a whole new, um, like the Munich Accord was brought, brought into place. That basically you weren't allowed to experiment on people or make people take medical procedures. You know, that was one of the reasons why, because of stuff like this, because a lot of what makes this terrifying is that a lot of it's based in reality. You know, this shit happened, you know, no getting away from it. Uh, not not pleasant at all. So that was one of the things was the Munich Accord was like, right, you're not experimenting people. Stop it. It's bad. Uh, we don't want to go down that road. We're trying to like be better, not sink the back and be worse. But hey ho, people's always going to be people. Got some lunatic out there. But yeah, they find this and then they start to delve more into the ship, and then they realize that it's set a circular course. So this thing, for some reason, is still an active ship, and it's actually doing. You know, it's. It's actually got a planned route, so it's not just drifting aimlessly. It's got purpose. They don't actually, you know, encounter anything. The only entity they encounter is Ashland when he's basically possessed and turned. Um, but the rest is the ship doing it itself. That's, uh, you know, and it's done so well. Like I said, if you look at the interior of this, and I wonder what the budget was. You looked that up. Uh, because apart from the ship itself, like there's not not a mass amount of special effects. Like there's, um, there's makeup and stuff done and that, the props. But it's a really stripped back basic movie, which sometimes you need. Sometimes you don't need bells and whistles. You just need a compelling story. And that's, uh, I think that's why you can watch this one. Like it's 1980. You can watch it today and still enjoy it. Because the compelling stories there and the suspense and the drama. If, Like I said at the very start of this stream. If they just toned down the bloody music. If somebody would rewrite the score. And just instead of the booming drama. 
tone it down to dark and creepy. Um, oh, yeah, it's sent shivers up people's spines, just the, the whole outlook on this. But yeah, more things start happening. I say, I'm not going to spoil that. Uh, more things happen to the crew, and then it comes down to the final confrontation because uh, I realize that Ashland's just off his nut and he's going around trying to kill people. Um, great character in this, Laurie. Um, she's gorgeous, by the way. Um, Victoria Burgoyne. Uh, the scene in the shower, you know, she's in the shower, the shower just starts spewing blood, and she really, you know, the door locks, but it's a heavy duty, you know, it's a ship, so it's not your typical glass shower door, it's heavy duty, you know, almost airtight, watertight, and that, and her kicking and punching, and you know. Freaking out! That, that was a really intense physical scene, and it was done really well. And then <laughs> it was funny though, because then about five minutes after that, when um, Marshall and uh, Nick come back, or it's not Nick. Nick's a flipping comedian. And what am I doing? Uh I don't know, was it Parsons? I don't know who the other guy was. I can't remember his name. Let's take, no, Nick was the comedian. He was the uh, the compare, you know, for the night's entertainment. He ended up, you know, on the ship. But the basically the two uh, two officers, you know, come running back. And you see Ashland carrying, you know, which is obviously a mannequin, you know, under his arm. I know they're trying to signify the, the strength of him, but it just looks so comical because you could, you know, you try carrying a dead body under one arm, it's it's not easy. Not that I would know. Or do I? <laughs> anyway, not being silly. Yeah, uh, that was kind of the only comical scene, and I don't think it was intentional, just, you know, the effects of the day. Actually, when he was holding it above his head, it looked more realistic than when he was dragging it. So I don't know what they could have done there. That's the thing as well about filming with, you know, reels. You didn't have the luxury of going back. You know, a digital, now you can basically go back and review it and change it on the spot. You didn't have the luxury back in. You know, it was a it was a time, time uh, in terms of process. You know, it wasn't an easy thing. Editing was not uh, just done willy-nilly. Now that they waste so much money in reshoots and rehashes and the Busy retail stories, you know, it's a there's a form of laziness, I think, because of the resource the digital. It's like people that take a million selfies, but there's only really two good ones. Where when you had a film with camera, you had the a camera with film, even that's even better. Uh, you had to plan your shots, even though nobody had to be a professional photographer, but you still had to plan your shots because you knew that 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 was going to cost you money to get that film developed. You wanted the best out of it. Um, so I think it kind of that's the only scene sort of led it, but the they had him that far up that I suppose at the time they would have got away with it. But definitely when he held her above his head and threw her in the water, that was um, that was done well and it was realistic. So I don't know what went wrong with that scene in between, but yeah, everything kind of comes to his conclusion. He's trying to, and it turns out that the ship is inhabited by ghosts which I think we kind of figured out from the very start. 
the bit I can't get my head around is that because it's through that you know Ashlan becomes the the in a way um, when you're dealing with a, a spectral entity or something that's like in seances and that it's good to have a human character that gets possessed or channels the energy because that becomes the point of communication to an otherwise alien entity and he says that no you're not leaving my ship you're all to be sacrificed the ship runs on blood now they don't quite because the way people get dispatched along the way doesn't quite feed into that so that's the only bit that's lacking in this movie is the ghost aspect how it became a ghost ship how the actual mechanics of feeding the sacrifices if that makes sense to keep it running and there's another scene in a freezer which i'll let you watch and find out for yourselves doesn't explain that scene why that was set up because you know it wouldn't wouldn't happen so sometimes and i had a good opportunity with the little uh mini cinema they had so they were playing um they'd found a cinema and they all gathered in and they were watching a movie and then it cuts off stops and then things obviously progress but then they go back uh the two officers go back and then that's when it starts playing all the the nazi footage imdb have given adolf hitler a credit in this movie i don't know whether to be impressed or worried They've actually, um, yeah, Adolf Hitler, self archive footage uncredited. They've actually given him a credit in this movie. That's just, I don't know what to think about that. That's uh, just bonkers. But there you go. Obviously, <laughs> don't want him to come from the grave and sue him. But you know, the usual uh, rice bag stuff and all that nonsense. And on the show and all that footage, just to basically explain to the audience. But I'm going to review this movie at some point because I don't think I have on this channel. Uh, I post, I think I mentioned a couple of times, that's like the darkest horror Nazi movie I've I've ever watched. Like the the soldiers and that, the undead soldiers and stuff are so gritty and visceral. Uh, it's it's really good watch. But what they did was they had the old reels of the footage of the experiments which led them to happen. I think they needed something like that in this movie. Because that's the only bit. Like, they had enough time in this movie and the plenty of character development and it was going at a nice pace. But that's a bit felt rushed was how did this ship become a ghost ship? They kind of left that bit out. And also how how does the whole mechanics the ritual you know what point did the crossover and i've had this uh conversation before in other movies there's a whole i'll probably do a whole series because that's you know i mean it's i've said this before the, the best antagonists the you know proper human horror but yeah that whole thing of how it became the ghost ship um we know what its purpose is it basically fades on human life but the way people you know get dealt with doesn't make sense but anyway we'll have this showdown and uh ashton and marshall confront each other he gets his family off the side and uh 
then the radar detects another cruise ship. And this is where it's interesting where he was the master, you know, because he was basically commanding the ship. He's possessing, he's wearing the uniform and everything. Um, it's amazing how you can find uniforms of fit you, for sake. Uh, even my old uniforms don't fit me, for sake. I remember once uh, somebody wanted to buy an old stable belt off me and I went, yeah, if it's oh, shh, doesn't even click. I'm like, oh dear, yeah, yeah, you can buy that. I'm no good for me anymore. I got a bit fat. <laughs> um, but yeah, perfectly fit in uniform, like fantastic. But yeah, he's he's trying to basically get the ship to chase down a lifeboat full of four people. And the ship's like, no, there's another cruise ship. We're going for that. And then they kind of like, don't give him control of the ship anymore. So he didn't really have control. He just thought he had, you know, because the ship obviously doesn't need a, a pilot, a captain. Um, which is weird as well, because I thought if he had been possessed, it would have made more sense. Because essentially what happened was Ashton had a breakdown and it was just whispering in his ear and it was his own uh, neurosis that came to bear. I think if he had have actually been possessed by the ship's captain of this particular one it would have been better so there are my only real gripes about an otherwise like i'll watch this movie again loads and loads um an otherwise like enjoyable and disturbing movie a couple of niggly points but after 20 years 23 years that's not too bad is it uh i've, I've complained worse about you know much higher budget much you know supposedly terrifying movies so that's my only gripes then must be a decent watch tactical specs of the blood and the ghost ship and yeah exactly that's um in fact that'll be a flipping good uh cthulhu scenario to play out might uh might try and uh cobble something together <clears throat> blood ship or something um yeah that'd be a lot of fun i'll have a crack at that and yeah so Ashton starts, you know, he finishes off, he just starts trying to tear the ship apart and takes his rifle, you know, the rifle he found and starts shooting at it and then he gets mangled up in the gears, which to me would have made more sense if people were like fed into the ship somewhere that would have been done, but then maybe that was a bit too high in the budget or not quite. I don't think, like, um, after the shower, same with Laurie's character and him and where it looked a bit cheesy. Some of I think maybe the actual mechanics of it happened would have taken away from the suspense. Maybe not knowing is what makes this movie work and it not being shown out. But yeah, finish off there. They're on the lifeboat and then the ship turns away. And they, they obviously <clears throat> paddle off and uh, get rescued. But then it carries on, you know, there's another cruise ship and then the enemy ahead and changing direction and stuff. And then it all starts again. Um, yeah, a, still a creepy movie. I, I actually did enjoy this and surprised how much because you know, way you watch a, a movie like from years ago and you you go back to it and then you're like, oh, okay, that wasn't great, and your initial uh thoughts on it, except Prince of Darkness, that's still a great movie, and fuck you, Cameron. <laughs> um yeah i'm glad that this actually turned out to be you know still as creepy not the same shock but it's still you know 
obviously I watched it was a wee one, but the fact that it was still creepy and still had that impact uh, is cool. So definitely check it out. Uh, links in the description, all that good stuff. Um, if you have watched it, do let me know what you think. Love to hear. Um, it's hard not to spoil it, you know, even though it's an old movie, because if you want people to revisit these, it's not worth spoiling the entire beat-for-beat plot, because that's not really going to do much. Um, but yeah, it's it's a good movie. It's definitely a creepy one, definitely in the horror genre, and uh, rewatchable. It's it's held its own great time, so there you go. Here's a review. Hope you enjoyed it. Okay, what am I doing next? Still have to get the links to share in the social media, but this Thursday I'm on. No, what? This is Monday. Tomorrow, I'm probably having the night off. Wednesday, I'm on Brotherhood of the Dice. Thursday, I'm on Eric Capita's channel. This Sunday, we've got the, the horrific talk spot. Uh, we're going to talk about Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, and the upcoming sequel. So we'll uh, have a good one. And then, uh, where else are we going to be? Going to be in Dragonlance's channel the week after him. That, that's uh, good on. So, quite busy. Not as much on this channel. I'm kind of floating about a bit. But then, it's, you know, I mean, you, that's the whole point of networking, isn't it? You you go on your mates' channels. They they come in yours. And we, all, we all have a good time. That's more important than just uh, sitting here in a lonely box. You know, interacting is always more fun. The booby count was one set of boobies, lorries, and yes, we saw them and they're a bit blood soaked, but they're still glorious. They're she's a she's a well put together woman, like a uh, gorgeous woman, doubt doubt. Uh yeah, so we get boobies in this, but they're tastefully horror horror boobies as opposed to just throwing them out there. I, th- I thought you might have picked that up with the shower scene. So we weren't teased boobies and denied boobies. I got last pesky movie I reviewed. No, we we got the payoff. Uh, actually, quite a bit of payoff for this one. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> of course, it still counts. That's that's what matters. Yeah. So still still well within our um, KPIs. We're achieving our KPIs for uh, boobies and horror movies. That's good. The, the channel's... Uh, Still on target. We're still in the wee green, you know, the, the wee green meter. <laughs> we haven't gone into the amber or anything yet. So uh, that's good. I was going to surprise you with those, actually. And if you watched it, you know, you'd say, ah, right, yes. Still in 30% movie strike. Cool. Tick. In the green. <laughs> so there you go, folks. Um, go up to the other channel. Keep an eye out for posts. And Shirley's around. And um, for some reason, I was building up subscribers and then if YouTube does this a lot. In fact, all the platforms do. I start building up with subscribers and then just freezes for some reason. Which, like, we've always been building up like a couple of subscribers a week, new people come on board, and then it just has this like weird plateau where nobody seems to join the channel. Then we get another wee influx again. So, do us a favor, share these around, get people on board. Uh, obviously, more people get more people in the chat as well. Let's get a bit of conversation bit of a laugh going and uh that's always half the fun because we all love our tangents but uh 
Yeah, not me out there. I'm trying to, I'm going to reach out to the authors again, try and get the Horrific Tales segment up and running. That's kind of faded away for a bit, but it's partly my fault because I haven't really been plugging it. Um, so I want to try and get that going again and get authors on board. And oh, the flip sake, this Saturday I've got um, Andrew Najberg talking of authors. I've got a horrific chat with uh, an author. Uh, Found out about him and his projects, so we'll have a wee chat then Saturday. I knew I was doing something. I was fucking racking my brains here. I'm going to see now. Yeah, so let's let's get some uh, subscribers up. Let's get uh, the word out because there's no point having people on if nobody's there to watch them. Let's try and get a bit more views. Uh, even not my ugly mug, but at least the see other people will try and focus and uh, go try and get another game organized. Maybe begin the June or middle of June. We'll we'll see see who's available. So there you go. Thanks uh, once again for turning up, Chris. Always a pleasure having chat, mate. Good, good to have you. Um, welcome to the other channel. Do the type of clicky things. And until next time, keep it creepy, keep it horrific. <laughs>